0: Well, I want you to turn your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 5. Last week I told you I was going to be going in a different direction and continuing in Romans chapter 1, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, As uh, We've been studying on the book of Romans on uh, uh, Wednesday evenings, and then uh, on Wednesday evenings we made it up to Romans chapter 5 thus far, and as we have... um, this past Wednesday night, we, uh, we we went through the first couple of verses of Romans chapter 5, so we're just taking it uh, real slow there. But uh, with everything that's going on uh, this week, God just really placed uh, a, a strong burden upon my heart that I needed to press, uh, needed to uh, preach this message uh, this morning as we continue uh, in Romans chapter 5. And uh, we're going to look at verse 1-2 real quick, just to kind of keep uh, uh, catch everybody else up uh, to where we are to this point in our Study of the book of Romans. And so, as we look at this, what we're going to be talking about this morning is that very thing our, our, our blessed hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hope in Jesus Christ, knowing that He is our hope, knowing uh, that, that we have a hope of glory, as the Word of God says right here. And, and, and you know, when we think about the hope of glory, this world has a lot of trials, this world has a lot of heartaches, has a lot of pains, has a lot of sufferings, but praise God, we know that, that our hope is not in this world. Praise God for that. Amen. But our hope is in Jesus Christ and we have the hope of glory that we find right here written down uh, within scripture, written down within the word of God. We looked a little bit about the hope of glory uh, Wednesday night, but I want to just continue that this morning uh, as we look at the word of God. You know, I don't believe anything happens by accident. It would just so happen to be that this very place in scripture at this very appointed time right now. Uh, you know, when the church's heart is heavy, the church's heart is heavy over the death of a loved one, over the death of a a dear church member, of a dear friend, of a dear sister in Christ, over Aunt T. And so as we look at that this morning, you know, all of us have different sufferings. Even if you don't know who Aunt T is, even if you know her uh, by by just seeing her but never really got to know her, you know, all of us have tribulations, all of us have trials, all of us have sufferings that we're going to face within our life and within this world. And so, you know, when we begin to think about that, we begin to think about, you know, we don't have to fret over these things because we do know that we have blessed hope. We do know that we have a hope in glory. And so as we look at this text of scripture, Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith. Now let me stop right there. We're justified by faith. What does the apostle Paul said thus far? He said that every single one of us are wicked, rotten, awful sinners. Sinners. Amen. Every single one of us—we're all w- wicked, uh, rotten, awful sinners. Uh, the uh, uh, the Gentile he has uh, sinned against the law of conscience. God's gave him a conscience that he knew better than to do it, but he did any anyway. And then God has given to the Jew the word of God, the law of God. And although they had the law of God, they lived as though they didn't have the law of God, and so therefore they're guilty as well. So all have sinned. That's what the Bible says in Romans three twenty three. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and so that's what the therefore is there for the look backwards just a little bit is what he is talking about and then he began to talk about in Romans chapter 3 and in Romans chapter 4 how even Abraham was justified by his faith that he had in Jesus Christ or, or his faith in God and so as Abraham was justified in his faith in God it wasn't by his works it wasn't by his deeds it wasn't by his circumcision or any works in which he did It was only by his faith in Jesus Christ. And so therefore, Paul says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we're justified by faith. And then after that, he begins to give us some of the results of justification by faith. And so what are these results of justification by faith? We talked about some of these Wednesday night. I'm going to go through them real quick. As we begin to think about this, this is the fullness of salvation, right? here of what you're seeing. You're seeing the past of salvation, you're seeing the present of salvation, and we're seeing the future of salvation, and these are the results of justification by faith of us being justified because we have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And so what does it mean to be justified? Well, we're guilty because of our sins, right? A little later on here in Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 6, rather, Romans 6 and verse 23, it says, the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life so sin brings about condemnation but those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we know that the Word of God very clearly tells us that there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. Why? Because they have been justified. They have been found not guilty. They are now made right with God. And as a result of that, Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, the very first result of justification, we have peace With God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is past for those who have been saved. Amen. If you have been saved the moment that you got saved, the very moment, the very second that you got saved, you are automatically, instantaneously at peace with God. You're no longer at enmity against God. You're no longer at battle, at war against God. Every single one of the sins within your life that put You had enmity against God, they're gone. they're washed by the blood of of Jesus Christ, and now you are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the very first thing that happened, is that now you are at peace with God. And then in the present, he says in verse 2, he says, Therefore, whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And so the second thing that we find right here is that we we have grace in which we have which we stand. He says the introduction, we're introduced to this grace by faith, and it is the grace of God. Sometimes we say we're saved by faith, but well, we're not really saved by faith, we're saved by grace, amen? But it is our faith that introduces us to the grace, and it is the grace that saves us. But right here he says it's the grace in which we stand, we stand in the grace of God. Amen. And as we stand in the grace of God, that is at present. That is right now. That is for those who are saved that we're standing at their present in the grace of God. It's the grace of God that has saved you. And it is the grace of God that has sustained you. Again, I talked about that Wednesday night, so I'm not going to go in full detail about those things. But something that I want us to focus a little bit more uh, this this, uh, morning is the third thing. We find the past that we are at peace with God. We find the present that we are standing in the grace of God. But then we find in verse 2 here, the future we find through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. God. We exalt in the hope of the glory of God. Now, when we think about that right now, the Bible says we exalt in this. We, we, we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. Exalt. Uh, rejoice. As it's always, as it's also translated, we exalt, we rejoice. You know, it's a it's a time of jubilation. You know, we can have jubilation of the fact that we are uh, at peace with God. We can have jubilation, should have jubilation, or joy, uh, or or exaltation that we are standing in the grace of God. But we also, as the Bible points out right here, specifically mentions that we exalt, or we rejoice, or we have jubilation in the hope of the glory of God. Now, it is a hope. So it hasn't happened yet. Amen? It's a hope. It's something that we're still hoping for. It's something that we're still standing in faith for. It's something that is still yet in the future. So it is the hope of the glory of God. And friends, the Bible says right there, we exult in that or we rejoice in that and we have jubilation in that. Amen. Great joy and the hope of the glory of God. Now we look at that and we say, well, what in the world is that? What in the world is the hope of the glory of God? What in the world is this glory of God that we're talking about? We know that the glory of God, we understand the glory of God, we understand, uh, you know, that that God is glorious and that God has glory, but what is this hope of the glory of God? Now, what we understand that in the flesh, as Romans 3.23 tells us, that we in the flesh, we have missed the glory of God, because what does Romans 3.23 tells us? It says, for all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so that's what we have done. We've fallen short of the glory of God, but because of the grace of God, because of the mercy of God and the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, He then has given us the ability to hit the mark of God, which is the glory of God. Amen? And so there through Jesus Christ we have been saved because we missed the mark, we missed the target It fell short and it fell way short. But He who knew no sin became sin for us. Therefore, He paid for our sin for us. But at the same time, He fulfilled all righteousness for us. The the life that we could not live of fulfilling the law of God and living out the law of God. He did that for us. He hit the mark that we couldn't hit. He hit the glory that we couldn't hit. He got our aim straight for us because we couldn't do it on our own and so as we begin to look at that we understand what our hope is we begin to understand who our hope is our hope is Jesus first Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1 tells us this Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus according to the commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus who is our hope friends Jesus is our hope Amen? And not only is Jesus our hope, Jesus is our only hope. But what is He our hope for? He's our hope for glory. Amen? He's our hope for glory. We missed glory. We missed the glory of God through our flesh, through our own works, through our own abilities. We missed the glory of God. But Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, and He also fulfilled the law for us because we couldn't do it on our own. Therefore, He hit the glory for us, and He's continuing to bring us on to glory to that point of glorification. Amen? And Jesus is our hope of glory. As we look at this in Romans chapter 8 verse 29, uh, the Bible says right here in Romans chapter 8 verse 29, it says, uh, 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 "It, it says, for these whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, so therefore we stand justified, and what's going to happen to those who are justified, and these whom he justified, he also glorified, amen, he glorified. Now, as we begin to understand that, we begin to recognize that, friends, we stand in a glorified state right now. Again, not because of anything that we have done and not because of who we are, because our works miss the mark. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. But what did Jesus do? Jesus justified us. How do we receive that justification? By putting our faith in Jesus christ and what he did on the cross of calvary therefore we have faith in jesus christ and as we have faith in jesus christ we stand in the glory of god we stand in the presence of god and so as we stand in the glory of god we stand in the presence of god hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says therefore he who who, he is also able to save forever how's god able to save forever Because salvation doesn't have anything to do with us. It has everything to do with God. Amen? I can't do enough good works to get saved, and I can't do enough good works to stay saved. He's the one who saves me. He's the one who sustains me. And He is the one who glorifies me. Therefore, He is also able to save forever those who come to God through Him since he also lives to make intercession for them. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that Jesus today is making intercession for you? Now, I've heard other people say throughout the years, you know, if you really want those prayers to hit the throne, you need to go to so-and-so, get so-and-so to start praying for you. Amen? Amen? Maybe you've heard that, maybe you've said that. I don't know. I I know, I've known some men of God and I've known some women of God throughout the years that I knew were mighty prayer warriors. And if I wanted somebody praying for me about something very specific, I myself would go to them and say, would you pray for this? And I knew they were, I knew they would. And I knew that God had gifted them with the, with, with the gift of being that intercessory prayer warrior. But friends, here it is. This is Jesus who's praying for us. And making an intercession for the saints. So, friends, He's saved me, and He's keeping me, and He's leading me to the throne, to where one day I'm going to have that resurrected and glorified body. Amen. One of these days, these old old weary bones, this old weary body is going to be laid in that tomb, but guess what? It's okay, because I'm going to have a resurrected and glorified body, not by anything that I have done, but by everything that He has done, and praise God for what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary as we continue to read in the Word of God. Our hope is Jesus Christ, and as our hope is Jesus Christ, we recognize that hope in Jesus Christ in the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 18 verse 18 through 21 it says knowing that you were not redeemed with with perishable things like silver or gold or, or your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless the blood of Jesus Christ, for he was forever, uh, for, for he was uh, forever uh, foreknown uh, before the foundations of the world, but has appeared in these last times for your sake, and who uh, also uh, in him are believers in God, who raised him uh, from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Praise God. Not not justified, not saved, not redeemed. Anything perishable on this earth or by anything that you have done within the flesh, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 through 57 says this, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery, you will not all sleep, but we will be all changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on the immorality, uh, uh, immorality, uh, immortality, not immorality, immortality. But when this perishable will put on imperishable, and when this mortal will have put on immortality, then uh, will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We have the victory. The victory over what? The victory over death. And this mortal will put on immortality. The things that are perishable in this flesh is going to be imperishable. And we're going to be resurrected and we're going to be given those glorified bodies. And there we're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ through the victory of Jesus Christ. We have the victory because he had the victory. We'll be glorified because he was glorified. Amen? Not by anything that you've done, not by anything that I have done, but by what he has done done and so as we look at this again Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 through 21 and we can stay here all day long friend then it's something to work, uh, to, uh, worthwhile to look at all day long it says right here for our citizenship is in heaven even right now amen we're not in heaven as of yet but our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform the body of our, uh, of our humble state into uh, conformity with the body of His glory, by the um, uh, exorcism of of the power which He has, uh, e- which He has even to subject all things to Himself. I'll learn how to read one of these days. And so, as we look at this text of Scripture, it's by His glory, Amen. By His glory, that we too will be glorified so what is the hope of the glory the hope of glory is the fact that we know that this world is not the end in fact the bible describes this world this life as a vapor we're just here for a little while and then it's gone amen and and so when we look at that the hope of the glory of God, the hope of the glory of God. Because we have peace with God, we've put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And since we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. We're in right relationship with God because we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We've been introduced to the glory of God, to, to the grace of God, in which we stand. We're standing to this very present day in the very grace of God. Therefore, because of that, we have the hope of the glory of God and the Bible says this is our exaltation this is the very thing that we rejoice over the the, the very word there is jubilation this is what we have jubilation over over the glory of God and you know when we begin to think about that we begin to understand and we begin to recognize that we ought to exalt in the hope that this world is not my home I'm just passing through amen I'm here on a temporary journey and one of these days I'm going to cross over that river over to the other side, and there I'm going to be with the hope of glory, and it's no longer going to be a hope, it's going to be a reality, I'm going to see it with my own eyes, Auntie T is there right now, she has seen it with her own eyes, she's living it, she's walking in it, she's there at the feet of Jesus right here, not just in faith, but in reality. She is right there with Jesus at this very moment, and every single man, woman, child that has ever passed on before us is also there and if you're here today and your faith and your trust is in Jesus Christ that is your hope today that one of these days you're going to be there too And boy, that ought to be something that gets you jubilated. Amen? That ought to be something that brings you great joy, that brings you great comfort. And as we begin to recognize that and look at that, you know, if that don't get your fire lit, I don't know what will. Amen? And as we sing those wonderful songs about heaven, as we sing those wonderful songs about that place in which you're going to go and the reality of what it is that Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen? Amen? we recognize that He has set me free. Amen? And whom the Son has set free is free indeed in there. We know that home of glory that is awaiting for us, but we also recognize the fact that we're not there yet. That's our hope. Where we're headed. Where we're bound. Anybody that's ever gone on a road trip with children... You know, as soon as you leave out of the driveway, you hear those faithful words, we there yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Ten minutes later, we there yet? Sometimes adults do it too, amen? <laughs> We're there yet? I don't know if you do this. Maybe I shouldn't confess this. I don't know. I'm going to do it anyway. You put the GPS on, and the GPS says arrival time. Yeah, I could beat that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I can do better than that. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Amen? But praise God we have that hope. But you know what? The journey between here and there is not always an easy journey. In fact, oftentimes, most times, It's an extraordinarily difficult journey. Especially when you've lost loved ones, you've lost friends. Those hard trials and those hard things that come up in life, we exalt in the hope of glory, the Bible says. But then when we look at verse 3, you know we don't mind exalting in the hope of glory because it's a wonderful thing. But then we look in the in verse 3 and it says and not only this, but we exalt in our tribulations. And <laughs> you pause right there, you say, What? jubilation we're going to have jubilation in the hope of glory we ought to have jubilation in the hope of glory but now he's saying you also ought to have jubilation in your tribulation i don't know about it You you get on a road trip Maybe you're headed to Disneyland, I don't, I don't know, wherever you're headed, to go, going to Gatlinburg, wherever you're headed, and you're excited about getting there. You can't wait for that vacation or whatever that, that, that destination is, is going to bring you to, and you're excited about that. But I don't know anybody that gets on, gets on a road trip and they know they're headed to tri- uh, tribulation, and they say, Whoo, I can't wait till we get there. The reality is every one of us are going to get there at some point and some time within our life. Those tribulations, those trials, those difficult times within life. And the Bible says we ought to exalt in that. We ought to rejoice in that. We ought to have jubilation. And you ask yourself, why in the world does God want us to have uh, jubilation, rejoice, exaltation in trials? It's not because of the trial itself. It's because of the result of the trial. Amen. It's the end result of the trial. Again, verse 3 and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that the tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. There's that word hope again. Now, what is tribulation? Tribulation is this. Tribulation is the word that is described. In the ancient times of the pressing or the squeezing, it's it's a pressing or squeezing of the olives that they did to extract the olive oil out of the olives. That pressing, that squeezing. Well, God wants us to be pressed, God wants us to be squeezed, no, it's not that he wants us to, but the reality is that the pressures of this world and, and the tribulations of this world will come upon us and they will squeeze us, they will pressure us and we'll have all sorts of different pressures from this world in different ways and we could have what is squeezed out of us good or we could have what is squeezed out of us bad. Because some of us through the tribulation, some of us through tribulation and the the, the pressing or the squeezing of whatever it is that's going on in our life, some of us will get better as a result of that, some of us might get bitter as a result of that. But it's all dependent on where your hope is. Amen? Amen? It's 100% dependent upon where your hope is. And so, uh, first of all, it's going to bring perseverance. And so that perseverance, what is that? You know, uh, James said it this way. James says, consider it a joy, my brethren, when you endure various trials within your life, knowing that the result of those trials will produce endurance. It's the same thing. It's endurance. Amen? And so when we think about it, you know, when I was a kid, I used to live on my bicycle. I'd put a million miles a day on that bicycle. I don't know how many miles I'd ride, but uh, I'd sure love to know how many miles I put on my bicycle As as a child. I lived on that bicycle. I was always on my bicycle. I kept those roads hot. I kid you not, I wore the tires out on my bicycle. And I would just keep that thing going. I loved being on that bicycle. About ten years ago, now realized ten years ago I was a lot healthier than I am now. I was a lot thinner than I am now, and I was a lot better shape than I am now. And I decided, you know what? I, I was pretty active at that time. I was pretty active, good shape, at least I thought it was. So I, you know, I'm going to get me a bicycle. And I did. I went and bought myself a bicycle. I got on that bicycle. Remembering my years of childhood and I got on that bicycle I got down to the stop sign and I couldn't breathe I said whoo I rode this uh, route a thousand times in my car I never realized there was such an incline here <laughs> <laughs> amen and I'd turn around come home and I'd, I'd, I'd do it again the next day and eventually I was making the block Eventually, over a period of time, I got to where I was riding that bicycle 10 miles a day. I didn't start out overnight. A kid, I could hop on and go anywhere I wanted to. All of a sudden, I realized as an adult, I was out of shape. Amen? So when we think about that, we build up that endurance. The more endurance that we have, the more distance we can go, the stronger We are. The better conditioning that we have. And what does that result in? The Bible says right here, proven character. And we look at the proven character, recognize the proven character. What does that mean? I believe it means Christian character. Amen? You look at people that have gone through hard times within life. I mean real hard times. In my generation, we don't know what hard times are about. We really don't. I don't don't know what it's like to go hungry. I don't know what it's like to not have the basic necessities of life. Generations before me do. Amen. They've faced some difficult times, some extraordinarily difficult times. They've endured that and they they, they have persevered through that. Some of them have gotten bitter as a result of that. They might be some of the meanest folks you ever meet in your life. But some of them and been strengthened. And have great, great character as a result of that. Amen? I think about my uncle all the time. I had an uncle, Odom. Man worked up until his 80s. He was a contractor. He was about his mid-70s and he fell off of a ladder. This was years ago, fell off this ladder and he fractured a vertebrae in his back. And I mean, this man was tough as nails. I came up to him. I said, Uncle Carson, now that you hurt, you're going gonna to stop working? He said, let me tell you something, boy. He said, if I had stopped working every, day, every time I was in pain, I wouldn't have worked a day in my life. He was tough. When he turned 80, he said, I'm just like Caleb. He said, I'm just as strong now as the day I was 40. And that man, he wasn't a big man. He was a small man, but he was strong as an ox. Tough as nails. Endured a lot through his life. He was a man of God. A mighty man of God that loved Jesus with his whole heart. He was tough as nails. Proven character. Strengthens us. Amen. Can also make us bitter. But we have the hope. Verse 4, in perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What is that hope? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 tells us exactly what that hope is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things unseen. The assurance of things hoped for. That's what faith is. If you want to say, well, what is faith? That's your definition right there, Hebrews 11 1. The assurance of things hoped for. And the conviction of things unseen. Oh, this life is hard. This life is tough. This life is trying. Outright hurtful. I have a hope of glory therefore I know that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to come I'm going to keep on enduring keep pressing forward keep moving towards the mark until that hope becomes reality and then I realized you know what I didn't know how good it was we don't know how good it is we really don't I don't think words can possibly describe today how good it is our mortal minds cannot comprehend it but we know enough to know it's good To know Jesus is good. And all that he did for us. And paying that ultimate price. So that we could have. A hope. Of glory. Friends today as we stand here as a church. Go ahead and get our. Praise team to come forward. And start playing, but as we stand here as a church, our hearts are still heavy, and they're going to be heavy for a long time, for a lifetime, in fact. Those who've lost loved ones, they maybe hear that, you hear people say, "All oh, time heals all wounds. Well, it really doesn't. My mom passed away in 1996, and it still hurts to this day. You learn to live with things better, and you learn to cope with things better, but it still hurts. Amen. But we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope. And as you stand today, you have that hope of glory that your loved ones who have gone on before you that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that hopes become reality. And one day, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, that hope is a reality that will be a reality for you. But friend, today you need to know that you know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you genuinely have that hope. how do i do that by faith you've been justified by faith by faith in who jesus christ today would you put your faith in jesus christ if you've never done so maybe you feel them tugging at your heart maybe you feel them pulling you pulling them towards yourself or towards yourself would you today Turn to Jesus, trust in Jesus, believe on Him for everlasting salvation and allow Him to be your hope and glory. Anything else on your heart or minds today? You need prayer for anything, you come. This altar's open, you come. As God stirs in your heart, you come. Have thy I-